Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And here we are. I can't believe it's been a week since we last recorded this show. And we were actually at the Los Angeles airport with people making announcements and all crazy stuff going on. And uh, now we're back in Los Angeles. We were so we were so glad to get home. It was great uh, to get home. Five weeks in Australia and so on, but now we got home and we were there three days, and then we had a couple of speeches in Los Angeles. But it seemed like such a simple, easy trip. And for a bonus, we got down here and uh, we're staying with our son Noah and his wife Christy and their their five children, and. Just by pure luck, our other son, Jonah, one of our other sons, and his wife, Asia, and their five kids are here visiting, too. So we're in a, a house in Ladera Ranch in Orange County with 10 grandkids, and we're having a blast. And I have to say that they haven't been there. They've been here. Uh, Jonah and Asia just returned from a trip um, to Europe for nine months. They just put their five kids uh, on a plane, and they went to Europe for five months, bought some cars, and had them shipped home. And now they're waiting for their cars to come here in Los Angeles, and they just won't come through customs. So they've been here for two weeks. <laughs> it's Boy, that's a crazy a... household, but they're having so much fun, and the cousins are bonding, and, and really the parents are having fun too, I think. They're really bonding when you get kids together, five little boys, five little girls, all under one roof. And we said to Noah and Christy, how how can you do this? You've had house guests now for three weeks. And they said, hey, it actually makes it easier because each of our kids has someone else to play with. And they don't fight with each other. They play with their cousins. And occasionally there's a fight among them, too, I'm sure. But no, really we're thinking that maybe that's the way to live, though, Linda, set up some communal houses and have two or three families living in there all at once, and everybody gets along, and everybody has friends, and it sounds a little like a polygamous community. Well, I didn't really mean it to sound No, like no, but, you know, after two weeks, I think everybody's ready to go on. And actually, Noah and Christy are leaving to go on a little vacation with our another son of ours because they work in the same company as the bonus trip. So I bet you that Christy, the mom uh, in that household, and Noah are going to be so happy to just get away and go to Costa Rica. <laughs> well, perhaps that's right. But we wanted to talk a little today about the joys of grandparenting, the joys of being with grandkids, the joys that parents have in seeing their kids with their parents and seeing that relationship develop. Everyone knows the old joke that the reason grandparents and grandkids relate so well to each other is because they have a common enemy. It's not really true, of course, but... There is a kind of a wondrous thing that happens when you get to spend a little time with grandkids. It's it's a think about what a remarkable relationship it is because you know as a grandparent you don't have direct stewardship over these little kids quite the same way you did when you were a parent. Someone else is in charge of their physical welfare and in charge of their um, everyday needs, and you come in as a grandparent, and you can relate to them, you can listen to them, you can ask them questions, you can try to understand how their minds work, and all in all, it's just a pretty wonderful thing to be a grandparent. It's a wonderful thing to let those relationships develop. We want to talk to you a little about some specific ways we've run across to deepen 
the individual relationships you have with your grandkids. And in fact, we've done a fun thing just uh, recently. In fact, on the plane, on the way home, we were working on this, and it was a little questionnaire. Um, it's a big questionnaire, a big, actually. big questionnaire, actually. <laughs> we send it to all the grandkids and ask them to fill it out. I was just looking for Camden's here on my phone because it's so fun to hear their answers to these questions. Well, let, let me give the background. We decided a long time ago, and this is not a great mystery of a conclusion. Anyone would come to this, that... The real key to grandparenting is to have an individual, very unique relationship with each of those grandkids. And so um, we got an idea a few years ago that we it was a little too aggressive to actually make it happen. The idea was that we would take each grandchild out to dinner on a special night, and we would bring a book with us that had a lot of data in it. We'd, we'd ask them all kinds of things. We'd record all their data from their favorite color and favorite movie and favorite singer all the way to things like what are you going to what do you think you might do when you grow up what are what are some things that you are sure you will do during your life what are some things you are sure you'll never do during your life just all kinds of questions we had maybe 50 different questions and we did that. We went actually took each grandchild out to dinner once and went over all these questions, and it was really, really fascinating. But it took an enormous amount of time, and we recorded it all, and we, we, and we found one interesting thing was how much they loved answering the questions. I mean, the whole focus of the conversation was on this child, and they were used to being with us in groups of grandkids, but here they were just one of them talking to their grandpa and their grandma and us asking every question you can imagine and them saying, wow, Grammy and grandfather really want to know everything about us. And so we recorded all those. But then what ended up happening is we got so busy and we realized how much time it took that we decided this year the way to update it was going to be to send out this questionnaire. So... Well, let me just add to that that I went to a um, conference a couple of years ago in Central America for all private schools in this region, and uh, I went to a class. We were presenting something, but I went to a class by a fabulous teacher who said, you know, you have a lot of kids in your classroom, and, you know, we live in the world of lots of grandkids uh, in our neck of the woods, and she said, you know, the best thing you can do for your kids is to let them know that you love them individually, that you know them individually. And she's the one that originally gave me the ideas for these questions like, you know, what do you worry about? Um, what scares you? What scares you? Um, what, on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you? Um, what do you think you're really good at? What, what is something you wish you were good at but you're not? During this coming year, what do you hope to improve on? Uh, just, you know, so many questions, and kids are really amazing what they tell you on the answer to these questions. You know, they're so funny. I do have to say that one of our little dinners when we were in Hawaii with some of our, a couple of grandchildren, we, we took two of them out, two of the older ones, and they were like eight and ten at the time, and um, we sat at separate tables or two sat with one I sat with the other and then after a half an hour we changed places and so we could each ask individual questions and it was so funny because Camden um, who was an eight-year-old at the time said 
uh, I said, what do you like most about your mom? And uh, she, he said, she's really a good conversationalist. <laughs> and then I said, well, what is the worst thing about your mom? And he said, she is really a good conversationalist. <laughs> she won't stop talking. <laughs> she she won't leave stop. church. She just stays there forever talking to people while we're out <laughs> waiting in the car. <laughs> yeah, in fact, we uh, gave a speech last night here in Las Vegas, I mean Los Angeles, and uh, uh, to a really fun group. But we took these two kids with us. I mean, kids, they're adults, each have five children now, but we took the, our sons and their wives with us. And uh, we were all in the van, all waiting, and Asia, who was the great conversationalist, <laughs> was still in talking to everybody to the, to the last person left. So it really is fun to get the perspective from your from the child's mind. Yeah, and what again, again, we want to intrigue any of you grandparents that are listening. We want to intrigue you with the possibility that you're, if you prepare a list of really interesting questions, uh, your grandkids will tell you some amazing things that that you'll hardly believe it, and there'll be things that maybe they won't tell their parents, and it's just a lot of fun. I mean. Let's think of some of the other questions, Linda. Um, you know, what what are you best at at school? What's your favorite subject? What are you worst at? What what are you gonna? What's gonna be your biggest challenge in school this year? Now you adjust them a little with younger kids, but uh, basically yeah, the it. same questions. I think on this questionnaire we just sent out, there were probably fifty or sixty questions, and you think, oh, kids, you get tired of that. Well, even in written form, they do it. They fill it in. They they email the questions them, back so to it. They they like that. And it started off with just contact information. You know, we want to be sure we've got your email address, your texting number, your your Instagram, your Snapchat, your your. Uh, uh, we want to be sure every way that you use social media, we know how to find you. And then, what's your preferred way of us contacting you? And so we get all that personal data on the questionnaire and then go through all these questions. And, um, you know, the funny thing is they love to divulge this information to you. And you tell them the reason I want it is because I want to be a really good grandparent to you and I want to know everything you're thinking. And they're not threatened by that near as much as they might be if it was the parent that was asking. Yeah, it's really true. They're... um just what comes out of their minds is so interesting and sometimes quite hilarious. Um, most of our grandchildren probably will serve missions for our church. And so we, one of our questions was, why do you want to serve a mission? And uh, on one of our little jokester kids uh, questionnaire, he's 12 now, he said, I want to go because my mom wants me to go. <laughs> and then we oh, we laughed. We thought that was funny. And then at the end, the last, very last question is, what do you want us to know that's not on this questionnaire, and he said, actually, I want to go because I want to serve people on a mission. And so uh, it's really fun to see what's in their minds, feel feel what they're doing. Um, the four-year-olds sometimes are the funniest. And yeah, one four-year-old on one, the question, who's your favorite actor, said my mom. <laughs> oh, and one of them said me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... It's just a really interesting to get into their minds because, boy, it's so easy to clump them all together. And when you have them, it's just <coughs> hard. I mean, if you only have two grandchildren, obviously you know them well and you've had a lot of experiences with them. But we are going on 28. We just had an announcement from our youngest daughter a couple of weeks ago that um, they are expecting in July, right in the middle of the family reunion, of course. But it really is so exciting 
to have that many, but it is hard to get to know them on a one-on-one, especially when they don't live by us. We have nine children, and eight of them <laughs> live far, far, far away. In fact, one in Switzerland, one in London, uh, one in Hawaii, and so it's really hard to keep track of them. We have one who lives near enough to us to come to meet on a weekend. So really, the the bottom line message we're trying to get across in this episode of Ours on the Road is is to you grandparents, but also to you parents who may want to facilitate this. And and the message is this, spend time individually with grandkids. We run into so many grandparents who say, oh, yeah, I have all my kids over for, for Sunday dinner, or, yeah, we have a big family reunion, or we do something once a month all together. All those things are great, but the real grandparenting is going to come when you get a child one-on-one and you learn everything you can about that child. so Now, we have a treat for you after the break. We're going to put one of our grandchildren on, the oldest one that's here, who you'll enjoy hearing from. She's amazing. And uh, we're going to have her join us for the second half. So we'll be right back after this short message. Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. Um, boy, it was a shock to go back from Brisbane, Australia, the rainforest, to, um, to Park City, Utah, where there was four feet of snow. And it was gorgeous, so we loved it. But after three days, I was kind of ready to get warm again. Now we're in Orange County. We're in Ladera Ranch in California. And there's flowers everywhere, green lawns everywhere. It was 84 degrees yesterday. I can take it just fine. We're walking down a very pleasant little street in Ladera Ranch in Orange County. And we're just going to go round up our 14-year-old granddaughter, who's the oldest of these 10 grandkids, five from each family, who are living together for a couple of weeks until one family can get ready to return to their home. And we just thought it'd be kind of interesting to catch up on how this oldest granddaughter managed all of her cousins the other night, because we all, we took our son, our two sons and their wives with us. To a speech we were giving, and so poor little 14-year-old was babysitting all nine of her cousins, and uh, we were a little worried about it. We kept texting her, how you doing? Are you doing okay? Is everybody okay? Are you able to get the kids to bed? And she'd text back and say, everything's great. The kids are all helping. We've got the house all cleaned up, and pretty soon we're going to have just a little prayer together, and then we're going to put them all to bed. And So we'd text back a little later, and she'd say, yep, we're all set. We've got it all done. And so it was pretty awesome. So her name is Anna, and she's 14. And Anna, we got a couple of questions for you, unrehearsed. How did it go last night when you were babysitting nine, nine younger, younger cousins kids? Cousins and siblings. And how did you do it? Um, it was difficult, I guess. Uh, I had to keep everybody in order. Um, <laughs> it, it's kind of nice, though, because everybody has, like, a little a pair that's just their same age, so they kind of stuck with them. So there are t- two babies, two toddlers, 
two eight-year-olds and then two 12-year-olds. And then another one who's like five who, doesn't, who just kind of hangs out with the older boys. But. And a couple of babies. Yeah. So um, actually when we got home, the house was spotless. When we left, the house was a disaster. We got home, it was spotless. Everybody was asleep. It was absolutely amazing. We love this girl. She's incredible. And she said, well, the kids all help clean up. She knows how to get them to work. She didn't do it all herself. She got them rounded up. Sometimes it's a lot harder than doing it yourself. But um, we appreciate this girl. But not just for how well she can babysit. She also, you should know, has been traveling with her family for nine months in a van or a car or whatever moved, and uh, all over Europe. Which which country did you like the best, Anna? I liked England because, uh, first of all, everybody spoke English. <laughs> yeah. And that helps. <laughs> it was really nice because I went to girls' camp, and I got to meet a lot of really friendly people, and I'll know them for the rest of my life. So. Now, I want to know, just from your perspective, Anna, why did your family decide to do this, to leave your home in Hawaii and spend nearly a year in Europe? What was the objective, and how do you think it worked out? Um, everybody asked me why we traveled. They say, oh, is it your dad's job or, like, your mom's job? And I always say, no, it wasn't my mom's job. It's actually, like, my mom's an editor, so we can go anywhere, and my dad just fixes cars, so it worked out quite well. But... <laughs> Um, I think my family just really wanted us to know that the world's such a big place and there's such great things out there. And I learned a lot from it. I wouldn't want to take it back for anything. And I learned so much and I'll remember it for the rest of my life. You will. But I think the most memorable thing for me is that after traveling around all summer, you got dumped in a high school in Spain, right in the middle of, I mean, well, it was the first of the school year, but, um, so you had to go to school where everyone was speaking Spanish, and you spoke a little Spanish, but I remember seeing you studying your chemistry in Spanish, and now chemistry is your favorite subject. How did you do that? How scary was that to go all by yourself to a new high school and where nobody spoke English? On the first day at my first class, I was really worried because we had a pop quiz, and it was geography, and Uh-oh. I was really <laughs> discouraged, and I didn't. Like, the teacher, I thought, I didn't know if he called my name in attendance because they said it differently in Spanish. <laughs> and I was so confused. Um, but I kind of, like, wrote on my test. I'm like, I don't speak any Spanish. And I gave it back to him, and it was it kind of worked out okay. Um, but then my next my next classes were easier. I think it just got easier from then on because I made some friends. And um, in the Spanish high schools, like, you have, a like, a basic group that's with you in every class. It's not completely mixed up in everyone, so that was nice. Oh, that is nice. Oh, that's and good. and now you're about to go to Washington State, where you used to live, and you're going to start high school there. How are you feeling about that? Um, pretty good. I mean, I'm excited to see my friends. Last time I was there, I was in fourth grade. So oh, they've changed a years lot. Ago, so, but I have a lot of friends who've been texting me saying, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're coming back. I'm so excited. When are you going to get here? Because we're waiting for our cars. We're here in San Diego. We've been here for two weeks." Um. I'm pretty excited about that. It's it's going to be so nice to experience different high schools. So you're really, you're going to be, you, when you get back to Hawaii, you'll have gone to three different high schools and you'll still only be a freshman. Yeah, so um, I'm a freshman right now, but since I didn't get credits in Spain, I'm thinking of doing just a full solid years in Hawaii since um, I just, I've had to just go on and off. So I just want to have that 
for years where I'm just in one place. Well, here's, a, here's a question I've got, though, for you, Anna. I mean, to, to listeners that may say, oh, traveling around Europe for nine months, what a fun thing. That's just something we should all do. But uh, in actual fact, you, as the oldest with four younger siblings, had a quite a bit of responsibility traveling around that much. And do you think that was good for you, or did you sometimes wish that you didn't have to always be the one to take care of the other four? Um, I feel like as an older sister, I really have the responsibility to just, like, well, I'm like the third parent, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the beginning of the trip, I was I was super, um, super stressed um, just because, you know, we didn't know what we were doing the next day. It was just all serendipity. We had no idea where it would be the next day, where, where we were going to sleep. We just sometimes just pull up on the side of the road. By the end, I just kind of realized, you know, I'm with my family. It's all going to turn out fine. We're hopefully going to get some sleep in somewhere. Sometime. <laughs> on cardboard somewhere <laughs> in our tent. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just um, a matter of just um, loving your family and just spending time with them when you're there in Europe. So might as well enjoy it. That's you're so, so wise great. to get That's that out awesome. because you'll never have that intense of an experience again. Absolutely not. It's just absolutely incredible what this girl has done. She's been homeschooled in Hawaii for a lot of years and at the absolute top of her class. Just an A student and A and A. And uh, we are just so proud of her. She's quite an amazing 14-year-old, as those of you who are listening, I'm sure, will agree. How, how, what would you say is the most important few things that you learned from being in Europe, you, you probably learned some things you expected to learn, and there were probably others that were somewhat of a surprise to you. Um, I really learned about the culture, and that every like every place is different. There's just like so many different places to go, and just the world's such a big place. And I knew I learned that, but also I learned that um, that I went to school in Spanish. I wasn't sure how I'd be able to grades or make friends because I really just I spoke very little Spanish but kind of as I just stayed stuck to it I just really learned how much I can do if I set my mind to it yes. and I could I could do my homework every day it was I went to swim team in Spanish it was just so do you think I mean it seems to me like you tell me if I'm right or wrong but Knowing that you could go through that, move to a new place, go to a school where you didn't speak the language, and that you got through it, and not only got through it, but made a lot of friends and did well, does that give you kind of a sense of confidence that any challenge you have in life, you're going to be able to deal with it? Yeah. Um, when I hear people in, um, when I've been talking to my friends here in San Diego that I've made, um, they're, they're all saying, oh, school's so hard, and then I just think, it's not going to be hard for me because it is finished, so hopefully it will be um, easy for me and I'll be able to kind of look back on this experience and make sure that I, like, stay committed and then it will be easier and I can do it. Well, this, uh, this is a hard question, and I don't want you to be judgmental, but I'm just interested in your opinion. Do you think that parents in general in America make it a little too easy on their kids? Um. Uh, well, I'm not. I'm gonna answer it like towards. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to say because every yeah, case is I different. Ever, yeah, everybody's different. I mean, what my parents did is just they make sure we all 
contribute to the work in our family and the kids are my dad makes sure my brother's learning a lot about cars every time he works in, he's working on the cars he has my brother come out who's 12 and has not help on the cars my brother knows more about cars than a lot of adults a lot of i guess than me <laughs> um and then i i'm just my jeans are just organized so, um, I'm just really organized, and um, you mentioned on the questionnaire well, three three things you might do professionally, and I think the listeners would be kind of interested in those. Do you remember what you said? Yeah, um, the first one was a flight attendant because I like to travel. <laughs> uh, the second one is a CEO. CEO, you can handle that. Yeah, and then the third one was like a personal organizer, so I'd like go out of people's houses. That's like my dream job, just because I'm just I just like it when things are organized for some reason. <laughs> I think it came from my grandma. My yeah, I would like to have you for my personal organizer, Anna, because I could use some help. No, just everywhere about right she goes, now. she organizes everybody. So we're going to wrap this up, Anna. But thank you so much for being our special guest, our beloved granddaughter. Thanks for having me. And we'll talk again sometime. Okay. Like in okay. a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've enjoyed having Anna on with us. It's so fun where we started this show on how great it is to just spend individual time with these grandkids. And Linda, what do you think of that girl? I think she's absolutely amazing. I mean, we all of our children are amazing, of course, but she's had such a rare opportunity. I mean, this family is crazy, and we love watching their craziness because they have it totally together. We've never seen anything quite like it. Both parents are always pulling together, and it's just quite incredible. All those five kids are similar. Well, and it's so interesting to see these particular two families staying together because our, the one family is taking a pretty traditional course and they're living here in a settled way in Orange County and making a lot of money. And here's this other brother who basically wants to give his children wild experiences in the hinterland of the world, and yet they learn from each other. They love each other. And I think one of the things we are learning is not to compare your kids, to understand they're each individual, they're each going to find their own way, and it may be a very different way from each other. There's no ideal. They each have to find their own path. Yeah, and, you know, there's it's hard to explain how they did this, but um, it really is quite remarkable that every one of our children is an individual, and we love the fact that grandchildren are the best thing in the world. Go out and form individual relationships with each of your grandkids. That's our hope for ourselves and for you. And we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye. <laughs>